and a very warm welcome to you wherever you are, dear listener. This is the new live program coming to you live from the heart of Nairobi. This is Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. We have a great show lined up for you. Thanks for joining us. I am your host, Monica Kamokwa. We are more than glad to have you on board. Today, the first segment will be on family life, and Pastor Kigundu will join us to talk about marriage is not about satisfaction. Thereafter, Sister Becky Arunga will join us during the Bible segment with the topic, Worship the Lord. But first things first, Faith for Today Quartet comes to us with the song, Bitaunia. Sit tight and enjoy. Welcome back, dear listener. You're listening to the new live program coming to you live from the heart of Nairobi. This is Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. And now on Family Life, Pastor Kigundu joins us with more on marriage is not about satisfaction. Stay tuned and be on the new. Dear listener, we want to welcome you to our program, The Abundant Life, a program that is based on John 10, verse 10, where Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And remember, this abundant life involves and encompasses our marriage. Today, I want to explore the topic where we are saying, Marriage is not about satisfaction. Marriage is not about satisfaction. Dear listener, did you know that marriage has a purpose even when it's not working? Most people miss this point. They think that marriage is about getting our own needs met. They think that it's about me. And they ask, what am I getting out of this marriage? If that's what marriage is about, then why get married in the first place? Isn't that what being single is all about? There's an article that appeared in Marriage Partnership magazine titled It's Not About Satisfaction, written by Juliana Slattery. Here is part of what Juliana wrote. The Bible says, she quotes Psalm 127 verse 1, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. In marriage, we must recognize the importance of God in all that we do. We cannot build our house without Him. 
Perhaps that is why all our efforts can feel like we are beating our heads against a brick wall. Although we can influence our spouse, we cannot ultimately change his or her heart. She continues to say, she continues to say, the temptation to give up on marriage because it's disappointing or unsatisfying is what overwhelms many spouses. This is particularly true in a culture that's so focused on self-fulfillment. If a marriage is ultimately about getting our own needs met, then marriage is over when intimacy fails. She continues, however, marriage can also be viewed as something beyond our needs. Is often the ultimate test of our values and character. Like no other relationship, marriage can highlight our fears and selfishness. It's essentially a ministry. The way we respond in marriage reflects our core beliefs and our very reason for living. Being a faithful and loving spouse ultimately relies upon our choice to be faithful to God. Especially when a husband or wife is unlovable, continuing in the marriage is only possible when our life means more than finding pleasure, fulfillment, and happiness. When marriage is viewed as a calling or ministry, hope resurfaces in the midst of broken dreams. The hope is no longer... Sorry, sorry. The hope is no longer that the frog will turn into prince or princess charming. There is instead hope that God can be glorified through what seems like a tragedy. It's only in seeking God and His plan to build the house that forgiveness and unconditional love can infuse life into a dead marriage. So if being marriage isn't about getting needs for intimacy and companionship met, then what's the purpose? Although God's design is for a husband and wife to be one, the reality of marriage falls short. Marriage is a mystery that's meant to awaken and illuminate our hunger for Christ. Throughout the Bible, there are references describing marriage as a metaphor for Christ and His people. It's through the marriage experience that a woman can understand her longing for a bridegroom who love and sacrifice unconditionally. The emptiness and disappointment that surfaces in marriage aren't supposed to signal the end of hope, but the beginning, sorry, the emptiness and disappointment that surfaces in marriage aren't supposed to signal the end of hope but begin the need for true hope. Marriage isn't meant to satisfy, but to ignite the passion for which we were created, that is, intimacy with God. Psalm 143 verse 3 says, Sorry, sorry. Although God may ask you to persevere through a marriage that's disappointing and unfulfilling, your needs are important to Him. He doesn't ask you to ignore your longing for love and companionship, but to trust Him with them. Psalm 146 verse 3 says, Don't put your trust in princes, in mortal man who cannot save. Therefore, even the best spouse cannot provide salvation, spiritually or emotionally. No matter how good your marriage, sorry, no matter how good your marriage, you'll go through times of drought. 
your spouse was never meant to satisfy you completely, nor you, him, or her. Perhaps the most touching conversation Jesus had with a human while on earth was with a Samaritan woman as recorded in the Bible in John chapter 4. This woman had been married five times and was currently living with someone to whom she wasn't married. She was thirsty for love. Try as she might, the affection of a man never satisfied her. She probably hoped that the next guy just might be the hero she was longing for. Jesus knew her thirst for love, just as he knows yours. He said to her in John 4 verse 13, Everyone who drinks of, sorry, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So I ask you, dear listener, is your well dry? Do you feel as though you have little to give your spouse? How can you love when he or she has given you nothing? Dear listener, the answer is Jesus. Imagine a well of love springing up inside of you. No longer are you dependent of your, on your spouse's touch or compliment to make it through the day. Only Jesus is able to love you perfectly. You can only invest in your marriage when your life and your happiness doesn't depend on the success of finding the hero in your husband or savior in your wife. If wives are desperate for knights in shining armor, they won't be able to vanquish their insecurities and disappointments long enough to invest in mortal husbands. Instead, you must depend on God and His provision for your ultimate worth and stability. Only then can you freely obey God's wisdom rather than your fears. Intimacy with your spouse is a goal worthy of your attention and efforts. However, there are many happily married people who are spiritually dead. A great marriage is a good thing, but it's not the best thing. Both the excitement of a growing marriage and the despair of brokenness are chances to seek. Sorry, both the excitement of a growing marriage and the despair of brokenness are chances to seek and glorify God. What an inspiration the apostle Paul wrote in his letter to the Philippians when he wrote, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content sorry, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. That is Philippians four verse twelve to thirteen. The enemy of our faith wants us to distort what marriage is all about. Dear listener, remember, it's not about us. It's about living Christ. Is how you are living distracting you from living Christ in your marriage? Are you showing love to your spouses as, sorry, are you showing love to your spouses Christ loves the church? It's my prayer that we will all remember our first love. Jesus said the greatest commandment is this, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it, Love your neighbor as yourself. 
and dear listener, you can get a closer neighbor than your spouse. So the question I want to leave with you is this. What have you done today to love your spouse as unto the Lord? And well, don't forget to plan how to love your spouse tomorrow as well. For those of you who are just joining us, this is the New Life Program with me, Monica Kamokwa, your host, coming to you live from the heart of Nairobi. This is Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. If you wish to drop comments, suggestions, or questions, do so through the producer, Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 42276, code 00100, Nairobi, Kenya, or email us at awrnairobi at org now that that is off the way here is a song crowded is your heart by faith for today quoted we still have a great show going on don't go anywhere crowded is your heart with cares have you no room for jesus captured by your skilled snares have you no room for Jesus? Lo, he's standing at your door, knocking, knocking more and more. Hear him pleading evermore. Have you no room for Jesus? My dear listener, thanks for choosing our station, We Are Because You Are. Right about now, join me as I welcome Sister Becky for the Bible segment. She will talk about worshipping the Lord. Be blessed. Beloved, I have experienced the joy of the Lord in the land of the living. I do not know if that too is your experience. But one thing I know is that God is faithful and is able to make it our experience if we ask and trust in him. I want us to study about character yet again and see how we can be truly trustworthy, can be truly trusting in God even when we lose everything that he shall make a way. Allow me to bring to our view the fact that even the devil, given a chance, he is always roaring. He is always roaring, seeking to devour. And were he given a chance, he would wrought so many destructions upon us. But because of God, we are safe. I am Becky Arunga. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your divine providence and for this opportunity to study. I ask that you may afford us an opportunity to listen, to trust in you, to obey your word, and to elevate your standards day by day in our activities and in our lives. Thank you for every good and every perfect gift, including this Bible study that we have. Be blessed, bless us all, and may your name be exalted in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, as we are studying about the story of Job, uh, three things stand out. His character his 
family and his possession and his relationship with his character his family and his possession so at a point satan accused job and and told god that job is only faithful to god because of the hedge of protection that god has put around him and when god allowed satan to touch all that job had he moved with so terrific speed that you can imagine what would happen if that is what you were was allowed to do daily in our lives job chapter 1 verse 13 a sad account indeed now there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house and a messenger came to job and said the oxen were plowing and the donkeys fell feeding beside them when the sabians raided them and took them away Indeed they have killed the servants to the edge of the sword and I alone have escaped to tell you while he was still speaking another also came and said the fire of god fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them and I alone have escaped to tell you while he was still speaking another also came and said the chaldeans formed three bands and raided the camels and took them away yes and killed the servants to the edge of the sword and I alone have escaped while he was still speaking another also came and said your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house and suddenly a great wind came from across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house and it fell on the young people and they are dead and i alone have escaped to tell you beloved what a sad story in quick succession this man lost all his possession starting from his donkeys going on to his sheep to his camels and lastly to his family his sons and daughters and it is just amazing for he not only lost his sons and daughters but also his house it is a sad state of affairs just look at the criteria that the devil used we are told of job that he had a character family and possession when satan is coming to attack when he has been allowed to attack job immediately ventures on taking his possession because in his mind he thinks that when you take the possession of man you are able to make him weak so that he is vulnerable but job after losing his donkeys and oxen he was still calm but while he was receiving the message of his oxen and donkey another comes and says he's lost all his sheep while he is still receiving that message another comes and says you have lost the camels and lastly someone comes and says your sons and daughters have been struck by lightning in the house those were the sad news that this servant of god received in one single day because the devil had the chance to take all that job had just to test if his belief in god was for real and sure enough when that did happen verse 20 tells us then job arose tore his robe and shaved his head and he fell to the ground and worshiped how amazing how many of us take time to worship god when we have problems how many of us take time to worship god when things do not go our way or is it that we are quick to get angry 
James chapter 1 verses 9 says be slow to speak quick to listen and slow to get angry that as you're quick to listen you are slow to speak and slow to get angry we are seeing here in the life of job he is quick to listen in essentially as every messenger is coming he is listening fast designing them he is also slow to speak because we do not see him commenting after each message arrives and then once all the messages arrived and he has the opportunity again to speak or rather to get angry he neither he does neither of them he simply kneels down and worship how beautiful it is how important it is to worship god whether in rain or in sunshine whether in the mountain or in the valley and this is what he said naked i came from my mother's womb and naked shall i return there the lord gave and the lord has taken away blessed be the name of the lord what deep trust how many times have you lost something and you're quick to complain and mama how many times have you lost a loved one and you're always asking god why me who do you want if not you How many times do temptation assail us and we telling God this one is too much for me to bear We hold so closely to our possession that we think we are the ones who own them But from the story and account of Job it is clear it is the God who gives and it is he who takes away It is God who gives and it is he who takes away Beloved let us learn like Job to worship to give thanks in all things for this is the will of god in our lives allow us to read first thessalonians and see how the apostle paul now writes several years later regarding this that we have seen in the life of job to tell us just how important it is to give thanks in all that we seek to do The book of first Thessalonians chapter 5 we have various things that Paul is teaching to the church in Thessalonica but verse 8 or rather let me start from verse 16 it says rejoice always rejoicing does not mean there is no pain but it simply means even amidst pain you're able to trust in God's providence like Job You're able to worship because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Pray without ceasing, verse 17. And verse 18 is in everything give thanks. Everything includes in good and bad times, in sickness as in health, in wealth as in poverty, in weakness as in strength, in failure as in success. In everything give thanks. Why? For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. As you make the Lord's prayer and say may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, the will of God for us is that we give thanks in all things. I pray that this be your experience. I pray that from today henceforth trust in the Lord to help you to give thanks in all things. It is a difficult feat, but we can learn from Job. Him he says It is the Lord who gave and the Lord has taken. 
Blessed be the name of the Lord. And verse 22 is the affirmation of his faithfulness. In all this, Job did not sin nor charge God with wrong. May the Lord bless you. Let us pray. Father, the life of Job is a direct rebuke to us who are daily murmuring and complaining even when nothing has befallen us of so great magnitude. But this day we come to you with a contrite and humble heart, for we know that you shall not cast us out, Lord. Father, I thank you and I exalt you, for I know that each one of us, many times we have murmured, but we seek that you forgive us. Lord, your grace is sufficient, for your strength is made perfect in our weakness. Give us the grace to trust you more to take you at your word, to trust in you and to say that it is you who gave and it is you who has taken. Help us to prove faithful by standing up and being counted. O oh Lord, our God, you are our rock, you are our shield and our comfort. As we struggle with the vicissitudes of life, make a way, give us strength to overcome. This I pray, believing and trusting in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much, child of God, for finding time. It is a blessing. It is a privilege to study God's word. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you safe. Remember, it is the Lord who gives and it is the Lord who takes away. Always blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you for staying tuned throughout the show. I hope you blessed just like I was. Your feedback is important to us. So don't forget to send us your views, comments, or questions about the show through the producer, Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 42276-00100-Nairobi-Kenya. Until next time, I have been your host, Monica Kamokwa. God bless you abundantly. When my heart is filled with sorrow
Faith is faith. 